It's a cruel, it's a cruel, cruel, cruel world, world full of nasty, nasty boys and boys girls, and, girls and, and the selfish, mean, nasty, nasty people. people. Nasty, 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 nasty. But there's a there's way, a way you, you can make, make your, day. your day. You can you laugh, laugh, you can you smile, can you, can, you come. can come and stay a while. <laughs> you can dream, you can dream my dream. You can have it all with me. You can dream my dream. You can dream. My dream. dream, you, you can, can dream. dream. My dream. That went so well. <laughs> um, did you know that Danny Elfman did that? Um, Who's who did? Danny? He did all of the music for um, Nightmare Before Christmas. He was also the the singing voice of Jack Skellington. Okay, um, and that it has like the same sense. <laughs> It has like the same beat, don't you think? Yeah, it does. That makes total sense. Once you said who he was, he has one beat <laughs> and one beat only. Um, that we did a pretty poor also... performance of just then, but uh... <laughs> <laughs> okay, on my part, on my part, you were beautiful. <laughs> no, but like, it's such a messed up song. Like, it's a cruel, cruel world, and some mean, nasty people want to have you for their supper. Mm -hmm. Like, I feel like that is a trend in the Spy Kids world, that it goes unnecessarily hard. Of, like, Like, what? Like, people are going to (laughs) suck? No, it's just, like, it's, like, very, like, violent. I don't know. It's, like, in this one, it's, like, be careful, kids, because people want to eat you. And then the second one we have the line about like did god does god not come <laughs> down to earth because he's also afraid of his creations yeah. so it's like what is this movie no i like it they're preparing these kids first of all i i guess that's like another point that i wanted to touch on was that <laughs> do they go to school after the after the first one they're like in i don't know what, what are their ages like eight and ten years old maybe or something maybe even younger than that and they're in like elementary school dropping him off at the like drop off line where he almost runs over the cross guard lady (laughs) and Gregorio um does almost runs over her and then you know they they end the movie with like George Clooney (laughs) and they're like actually mom and dad we're in the workforce now (laughs) this this is at its essence a child labor laws nightmare of a of a of a trilogy um but yeah and then in the second one it's all it's all business no schooling no education I'm like okay is this like you know they have like OSS junior like a weenie hut junior kind of situation and I'm like do they take classes (laughs) like are we maybe it's like like child actors like all of the spies take um classes in a big trailer yeah at like the stakeout I I I hope so (laughs) it's like they're on the mission and the tutor is coming along for it that's actually Mm -hmm. the movie that I want to see that's a remake (laughs) is that we have the the state mandated tutor has the thumb thumb is teaching trig (laughs) on every lesson for them thumb thumb would teach anatomy I think that's Mm. that's a natural (laughs) tie-in for him but well I don't uh like unlike you I don't limit uh thumb thumb's dreams to <laughs> his physical figure i think if that's the thumb true. thumb wants to teach trig the thumb thumb can teach trig that's true i, I wasn't trying to 
<laughs> trying to judge anyone by their by their thumb thumb bodies. I guess he could also do a gardening, uh, but that would be a green thumb. Now I'm being racist towards them. Yeah. <laughs> I'm being colorist as well. Um, um so welcome back to <laughs> Remake Hot Take, the podcast where we play studio executives pitching remake ideas of our favorite and new media. I'm Maria Schwarz. Um, and I'm Agent Brooke Reese. <laughs> oh, isn't and... that classified? <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm I'm on an episode of Loops fooglies right now um but this week we are doing the beloved childhood classic spy kids we're gonna touch on everything you know if there are things that come up from the second and third movies um what was there a fourth movie yes okay fourth movie with like jessica alba and a robot dog that talks and i think it's ricky gervais and he farts Okay, I have this not is like seen I feel like the series is like a big like farting, nose picking humor. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> there there um, is some of that in there, but we're gonna touch on some of the other movies, but mainly focusing on the first one, which in my opinion, best one by far. Um I do always Do you think you're going to see the fifth one though? Yeah, we're we're doing this one because the fifth one comes out in what, like a week, two weeks? Yeah, something um, like that called spy kids armageddon which i think is so funny yeah you know i might i saw the trailer for it 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 looks like they're going like younger with the kids age um they looked like almost like a baby genius kind of situation they look like pretty young like maybe like more of the six to eight year old range yeah that's Um, the ones that we're gonna send in for (laughs) i mean listen the world's gonna end at some point (laughs) like I know Uh, also I'll say that like what I find hilarious is that so Robert Robert Rodriguez is the director of of the first three at least um he I I love that he and the writers their genius plan for like explaining why on earth spy kids would ever be considered like a necessity to the to the state of the state of the union and to our to our national security is like not because they're children and we can use them to like get into like schools and infiltrate and parents and everything like that they say like in the second one and the third one it's like their size alone (laughs) they were like they were like well we need you to on the yukata assignment because uh, we need two small agents. We need two two teeny tiny agents to fit on a, a teeny tiny boat to go into this assignment. And I'm like, <laughs> like this. And children were a natural solution. They're like preteens at this point. You couldn't just find like a slim five foot four man and woman <laughs> to go ahead well, and do like, this. Because it kind of gets into like what child actors are talking about today like Allison Stoner has her like Disney Channel child actors podcast and Mm -hmm. I feel like a spy kid is going to come out and be like (laughs) it's like kind of like you know how when kids are young especially like boys and then um their voice drops and they Mm -hmm. can't get any more jobs I feel like a spy kid's 
kid is going to get on a pod and be like, once I made it to my teen years, I was kicked out of the OS. Like I hit puberty and that summer that I like gained seven inches in height was the summer that I became a man and an unemployed one at that. Um, But so Spy Kids Armageddon, I was like, that's a super extreme title. But listen to the description. Okay. When the children of the world's greatest secret agents unwittingly help a powerful game developer unleash a computer virus that gives him control of all technology, they must become spies themselves to save their parents in the world. Is that not just the third movie? That, yeah, I, I was going <laughs> to say, I I think I like looked that, up that... um that movie description a day ago and I also was looking up the movie description of the third one and I was like wow they're really really stuck on this like video game AI kind of thing um which I'm gonna absolutely slander the third movie so if that's your favorite movie which didn't you say you liked that one a lot um but uh, if if anyone out there in TikTok and and on YouTube and all other podcasting apps if that's your third one like message me individually and let me know what other movies you're watching because I'm horrified <laughs> by that movie. I, I didn't even finish it. I, I knew I always hated it. Um, and I like tried to, I rented it from Amazon Prime uh, like well, twice trying to finish it. <laughs> I think Spy Kids 3, it's not the best, especially like going back to it. Mm-hmm. But I think we have to remember how revolutionary it was for the time. <laughs> for 2003. Like, well, like, I feel like, and I don't know, have you seen a 3D movie lately? Do they still no. make a 3D movie? Yeah, I, but like, I hate, hated that time period of like, to 2003 to like 2012, in my mind, was like the height of movies that were made just for the 3D effects. But mm-hmm. They they always made me nauseous. I always hated having the glasses on. Like I not to brag, but I have 2020 vision. <laughs> and anytime, like even right now, having these glasses on, it was like so irritating to me. And like the cardboard plastic 3D lenses would never like sit right on my face. And I just had like the worst time of my life <laughs> for that, <laughs> for that eight-year time period. And it just feels like something that I wish. They would have just reserved for like it feels like something that should just be in Disney theme parks alone in, in mm. the Universal Studio parks alone where it's like this was something that was meant to be not a movie in and of itself but like this was meant to be a part of the diegetic text and enriching the world like a Star Wars ride or something like you should have mm-hmm. been on the ride that was Spy Kids 3 3D game over um yeah. but yeah but I mean I will opinion. say it was revolution like I think looking back on it when like things are like coming out at you and stuff mm-hmm. you can clearly see that it was meant to be a 3D movie and then they have the whole thing where it's like put your glasses on mm-hmm. and stuff in the movie um so I will say like it was very much embracing the mm-hmm. like 3D culture of the time um, I don't know how 3D movies work now if it's just like some elements are in 3D, but this one was <laughs> like, this is a 3D movie yeah. and you are going to watch it in 3D. Um, and this is not related at all, but um, <laughs> I think I remember from when I saw The Room with Greg Sestero that they did also film The Room 
with like a camera where you could do 3D. Um, So there is like a possibility of the room 3D coming out. And that's, I think, the the only movie I would see in 3D now. Oh my God. Could they do like VR the room where you put on the full headset and then you're in the like one single room that they you get to find all the spoons yeah (laughs) that that I would do now that's Mm -hmm. a concept no no no. I don't fault them for being revolutionary at their time I just think that it was laughable compared to the masterpiece that Spy Kids 1 is and I always thought that Spy Kids 2 was my favorite but this mm-hmm. last rewatch, I think I'm I'm thinking I'm gonna jump back to the to the original. Spy Kids 2 is amazing in its own right, but the nostalgia that Spy Kids 1 brings, like I I was like, oh, this is it was actually a moment I watched when I was rewatching it this past week. I was like, this was actually a defining movie for my personality <laughs> as right? a child. I was like, oh, I was like, this is probably why I love like apocalypse packing bags and and spy kids i had a this is how like how young i was watching spy kids i had a spy kids themed fifth birthday party and my parents went all out we had like in like in the pinata it was like um like codes that we had to crack and then this is when we were living in hawaii and we had a huge like property and they like hid stuff all around the property and we got like I got walkie-talkies for my birthday present which is the best birthday present I ever had now I'm an only child I was walkie-talking with my parents (laughs) or just by myself it was like one walkie-talkie here just the other one across the room I run back and forth get some exercise um but I was like oh like every time that I saw something I was like I remember wanting that like flower jacket that Carmen gets out of the store um Mm -hmm. and they like get on the bus I was like oh that maybe that's where my obsession with like floral outfits comes from (laughs) um and then I remember like wanting so desperately to have one of those electroshock gumballs and like Mm -hmm. I would have given anything to have like a machete product um and I think you're gonna just stop at (laughs) I would give anything to have a machete (laughs) I can get those anywhere, but not a fine machete product. Um, but yeah, just the like nostalgia. And then I think it just like influenced my my taste in movies so much um, in terms of liking those, um, you know, spy movies. Obviously, like another favorite movie of mine is Spy with Melissa McCarthy. Um, and just like the gadgets in particular. I love the gadgets so much. Um, so yeah, that's like my my <laughs> quick assessment of how much I love these movies but particularly spy kids one spy kids three absolute trash garbage garbage (laughs) disgusting horrible horrible hate it um but yeah did you want to give an overview of your history and love or hate of spy kids and then i guess we can jump into specific things we wanted to mention from the first one especially and then anything else from the other two or three i i don't i haven't even seen the fourth one (laughs) Yeah, I don't really remember much of the fourth one. I just remember in the fourth one, she's like pregnant or something. And then she's like attacked. Jessica Alba. Oh. (laughs) Yeah. Who does she play? She plays like the mom. She's the mom. And then. Like um, Carmen and Junie's mom? No, I think Carmen's like their aunt or something. Oh. It's like we're getting to the extended family. (laughs) Um, But. Yeah, and then it's like she is pregnant and then 
she decides like she gets like she's like very very pregnant um like about to pop and she gets like jumped by some like rebel spy which like oh I my mean, gosh there has to be some kind of moral code <laughs> um but then she like decides <laughs> wait, to... wait 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 is is she an oss agent or is her unborn fetus a spy kid <laughs> that's currently on the payroll <laughs> <laughs> well they become spy okay. kids but i think it's I, I'm remembering more as I talk um but so like basically she decides like it's too dangerous for me to be a a spy now and so she like goes undercover and like raises her family I feel like there's like another guy there I feel like she like gets married to someone who is like not a spy or something and she gets them a dog that's like secretly like a robot undercover dog um and then I think some people like break into the house and they have to like escape again um and then they're brought to OSS and they're like look at all these the spy kids program has been like discontinued discontinued and so like it's all of like the props from like the f- previous spy kids movie so like oh, the submarine funny. and like junie's like yellow like game suit mm-hmm. and stuff and they're all covered with dust and stuff <laughs> and so they decide to like restart up the spy kids and they're fighting against this like time stopper guy who like stops time <laughs> um <laughs> time stopper guy <laughs> oh what does he do stops time. um so yeah that's what i remember from that but my favorite one was definitely the first one mm-hmm. um because i'm more into tv production than <laughs> animals <laughs> so obviously and i think there's like a lot of like the brother sister mm-hmm. or sibling relationship that I connected with I don't have a brother but I have a sister um <laughs> but like you know like being the youngest and always being bullied like <laughs> I was like I didn't like Junie though I really liked Carmen like I would really? always insist that my sister would braid my hair um with like the little braid in mm-hmm. the front I always thought that it was one braid but now I'm looking back and I think it's, it's two. two yeah she's which two. I didn't know as a child and people must have thought I was doing the <sighs> Star Wars rat tail and I'm sorry um but I also had like a weird obsession mm-hmm. with this film I don't know like mm-hmm. let us know if you also had a weird obsession or if anyone is like raised normal I don't know <laughs> no um because I feel like these were some of the first movies that I saw in theaters and I was like well that's cinema you know and yes. it's <laughs> no I I'm, that's very... still firmly my opinion <laughs> I watched this and I was like five out of five stars Nothing exactly um but like I remember very specifically seeing the third one I'm sure I saw the first two in theaters as well um but my sister and I, we didn't have a birthday party, but we had, um, in my basement, we call it the train table. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I think we put a train on it once. Um, <laughs> but basically it's like this like wooden table. And then the base is also wooden. Like there's a, there's a wooden part underneath it. And that part, like under the table, that was our spy base. Mm-hmm. And we filled it with like, blankets and like spyware and that was like mainly um the I don't know if you remember or if you went to McDonald's but there was like whenever these movies came out the McDonald's toys got amazing and so we had like 
the um there was a little, little robo dog at yeah I, I got I the the Junie's little robot mm-hmm. from the second movie we had like a communicator we had the glasses all of that from McDonald's and my parents also got us like like cameras and like walkie talkies yeah. and stuff yes. and then we made um we made little machete gumballs like <laughs> out of construction paper and so we would like meet under the train table and we would <laughs> go on missions and like just throw green pieces of paper at thumb thumbs which was just like basically the wall and Aww. my parents yeah so <laughs> see what it, what a description between the only child and the, and the one with the sibling you were like we went on adventures together and I was like I sat in a room with a walkie-talkie and begged my 70 year old parents to talk back to me um but still joy for everyone yeah it's funny you mentioned the the tv production aspect of of floop because I love that his whole storyline is like he's just a guy that wants to succeed in children's television (laughs) and he's like he has the means for creating weapons of mass destruction and artificial intelligence beyond anyone's comprehension but you know what he cares about ratings (laughs) he cares about because it's like such a good parallel with like Junie like he he doesn't want to be like the macho tough guy he just wants to draw and that's what that's what floop wants too and it's like the that's your dream dad not mine yeah. <laughs> i'm i'm not throwing away my dream i'm throwing away yours yeah um, but i like but instead I think... of it being floop's dad he's like that's your dream minion yeah. <laughs> my my paid employee and my subordinate not yours and i think i mean what an apt metaphor also the floops fooglies to the current SAG strike. <laughs> um, you could say that writer or actors in SAG are very akin to the floops fooglies that are held <laughs> against their will and not paid. Oh my gosh. <laughs> it's I a very that. apt analogy to what is currently going on in our world. <laughs> um, I will say another thing that I noticed about this first film and that I was texting you about um, so like Robert Rodriguez, he's a Latino man. And I loved and and I read an article about, you know, when he was making Spy Kids, he wanted Latinx representation in this movie. Um, the guy that plays Machete, uh, what's that actor's name? Danny, Danny Trejo. Trejo. Yeah, he's like a very famous, um, like I had we did one small segment on like Latinx movies in my film <laughs> film uh degree you know, background here. We had like one small segment on it, but from what I remember, he plays in a lot of like very campy Latinx movies. He's like a main character or someone that they kind of ship in for like any of these like crazy roles. So it was funny to have him in this movie. Um, But he has a taco restaurant. Does he? (laughs) Yeah. Trejo's Tacos. Oh, where's that? I think it's in LA. It's like pretty famous. Mm um well I gotta go I love him but um yeah I mean like I think that this was the first time on this rewatch that I was like acutely aware of that um because I guess uh you know like Antonio Banderas people are like he like probably doesn't identify as like Latino because he's from Spain um and you know like the difference between like Spain and then Latin America 
um and there's not a lot of like <laughs> representation of of latina and um latino actors in this film other than danny trejo and then alexa um peña vega which she's that's what her name is like on wikipedia now is alexa peña vega um but she's credited as just alexa vega um in the first mm-hmm. two movies so i don't know when that changed um but she's... i think that might have been when she got married but she's also like republican i think now oh is she oh that's sad yeah she she's married... like a, i think she's like a trump supporter or something so oh, no we lost a good one carmen but we we love megan trainer's husband <laughs> yes gerald sabara um but anyway so they're only like from what i saw in the first movie at least those two um latinx characters but he robert rodriguez was talking about how much he wanted to make and kind of unusual for the time this like mainstream um kind of you know latinx feel to this film to this kid's film um that ended up becoming like a cult classic and he got to make all these sequels but you see it in uh like even in their house in um the music the whole soundtrack um and I thought it was really interesting because I I like was rewatching it and I was like I don't even know if they live in America in the first moment that's what me and Mario were texting about because I was like where I was trying to figure out what they live because they mentioned Carmen like going on a day trip running away to Belize and I was like oh I was like she but I feel like that I definitely once I like watched it all I feel like they live in America but in like maybe a Latino community because a lot of the kids were white and like the Mm -hmm. guy who talks to Gregorio is like what's up macho what's up chief and stuff and that Mm -hmm. felt like very like degrading of like the one (laughs) white man in like a Latino community um and then I feel like when she's like um I went on trips to Belize like her mom's like you went where and I felt like Belize wasn't supposed to be like a feasible destination (laughs) okay like that was like how the fuck did she get to Belize (laughs) yeah and and I think the the safe house and then um I think doesn't it say like the only like location shot that we get don't they say like Mexico City when they go Mm. like on that bus and in that shop so trying to figure out like where they are Robert Rodriguez himself I think was raised in Texas so mm-hmm. it could and it be was like, filmed in Texas and it was filmed in filmed in Texas I think it said some of the like aerial shots were in um I think it said in Chile Chile mm-hmm. Chile <laughs> um I think it said some were filmed there um so kind of all over the place but yeah so maybe it's supposed to be like a Texas Mexico border situation like a border town mm-hmm. kind of area um or like Los Angeles there's a lot of Latinx communities I don't know it was hard to figure out but the second movie is definitely giving America <laughs> like <laughs> starting off with theme park and like the president and the president's daughter well, I think even like this the hold McDonald's had on this franchise <laughs> like there's always a McDonald's meal that always makes you want to eat McDonald's and yeah. I don't know about the McDonald's presence in south america <laughs> mm-hmm. or but I, that felt very like american to me also we haven't talked about how wild it is like we have tony shalhoub in these movies like who's won like multiple emmys multiple like golden globes screen actor guild awards as like a guy who ends up getting heads on him like <laughs> that's just wild to me and alan cummings yeah 
he's a big like Broadway like I think he has he has like a bar or something or like a singing bar in Broadway that everyone goes to who mm-hmm. is like an up-and-comer in Broadway or if you're like is on he, Broadway. Did, did Alan Cumming is he like did he do cabaret I think it I think he was like the MC for cabaret or something is one Maybe. of his more famous roles Unless he I'm... was also in that show um what's it called the one on Apple TV with Keenan or not Ke- it's a uh, uh, either Key and Peel it's one of them <laughs> um and Cecily Strong what was that show Schmigadoon he was also in Schmigadoon oh okay yeah um but yeah it's it's a crazy cast but yeah did we want to jump into like specifics from each movie that were our favorite oh one thing I also texted Maria about if you guys haven't like seen this before is that in um like the Amazon Prime version and like the Netflix version at one point there's this like extended cut of the scene where Carmen and Junie have like flown the plane and they have to eject it crashes into the side of um Floop's castle which what is the security like at Floop's castle because they have like that room where he goes into this and sees like all the monitors for the security system but they didn't notice like an airplane crash into the side. they didn't hear like the bomb like go off and see see the you know smoke. tv production is stressful <laughs> yeah they were like sorry can we get a sound check <laughs> quiet on set <laughs> quiet on set the light is on bitch they were like we have a deadline and we're live at five pbs needs us <laughs> yeah we cannot let them down um but anyways there's a scene where in my childhood memory and like I was like quoting this thing like constantly I'm like a bad person to watch a movie with because I give like pretty much constant commentary um and in my memory you know they're like swimming underwater and Carmen's like oh the water's like warmer in here and Junie's like I just peed (laughs) and like that's the end of it and they come up um and then the thumb thumb sees them and then they have to throw the the spitball at them but in some versions that are online now Um, There was apparently an extended cut that was always meant to be in the film, but couldn't make it to the theatrical release because I think they didn't have like the CGI budget or something. But I was I was thrown off because it's a scene where they go underwater and then there are like sharks in there that are guarding this one underwater entrance. And Junie has to hold his pee because it'll the sharks are sleeping because they've had the like they're at like the perfect water salinization uh or salination or something um the 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 salt levels of the water are perfect and if Junie pees in the pool he's gonna like disrupt the ph balance the sharks are gonna wake up and so i was like what on earth am i watching it was like the, the craziest thing i've ever seen um and I can like they the theatrical release is perfect because that that scene just made no sense. Did you not see that scene? Is that not what you no. were talking about? Okay, you no, because to... you mentioned the shark scene and I thought you, thought you were it was talking when about. In the boat. Yeah, when they're in the boat and she's like, "Junie, close your eyes," mm-hmm. and there's like a bunch of sharks by the ship because that wasn't in the theatrical release either. Really? Um, yeah, I that was definitely added in because I think I think they just had a problem with all the the, <laughs> the, the sharks CGI aren't sharks. working. They're like, <laughs> they're like we have Pull to make sacrifices. Sharks are gone. <laughs> we will I haven't seen the later. second shark scene. No. Um, I I always remember that first shark scene, so that's interesting. 
I always remembered that always being in the in the version that I saw. But yeah, this second shark pea saladization scene is crazy. And I was like, this should not have made it to the second editing cut floor or whatever. But yeah, I guess they like got more money. Didn't make it to Pluto TV. <laughs> um, I guess they made it to Amazon Prime where I watched it. Um, and yeah, I guess they got more McDonald's money or something. And they were like, add the sharks back in, baby. (laughs) It's shark time. Um, but that was just wild to me. And I thought it was very funny. And then Junie ends up peeing and then all the sharks are like about to attack them. And he has to like hide behind a sleeping shark. Um, because, oh, you wouldn't have seen them. That's what I referenced earlier is that Minion walks into a room full of, like monitors for the security system uh because there are cameras down in this underwater shark tank area um and then junie has to hide behind one of the sharks um and then they pop back up into the little well (laughs) where the thumb thumb sees them so yeah that was a mind fuck i'm sure you can see like a clip on youtube of it um let me know what you guys think should it have been added or (laughs) should it have stayed stayed in the dungeons of the editing floor without the mcdonald's money um i have a lot of thoughts about the overall movie i only took notes on the first one okay um so you'll have to supply topics of conversation for the second second and third okay (laughs) um but i will say like this movie and branding like is insane like you know we start with like the troublemaker studios Uh which is just uh like a normal like studios logo and then it's in the second movie like that's Mm -hmm. the theme park like that's fucking wild like talk about your personal branding like you like like no one is like bringing the um like MGM lion into <laughs> their movie like that is like hardcore that's next level stuff yeah. I mean like a couple podcasts ago we were talking about how we love it when movies do something with the studio logo oh they did something <laughs> they revolutionized it this isn't this isn't Harry Potter lightning behind the Warner Bros they're like we are making this a concept um, and we were bringing it into the world, which I loved. And even as a, what, like a six-year-old watching this, I was like, I took notes. I was like, mm-hmm. I remember that troublemaker guy. He stuck in my head way more than like anyone else. But I guess- the Would close... you go on those theme park rides? Yes, I want to do so bad. <laughs> yes. <laughs> go to... Okay. <laughs> we see movies where they're like, <laughs> watch out. These are moments of danger. And you're like, I want to go to Jurassic Park. <laughs> yes. And I want to go on like the theme park that's designed to kill me. You show me any park which is supposed to be like ethically bad, like Westworld, I want to go there. <laughs> like Jurassic Park, Jurassic World, like Troublemaker theme park. I dreamed about going on the juggler I loved it so much and I don't know what it said about me as like a six-year-old watching it the moment where he has a clear umbrella and they show the puke going on it I was like that's beautiful I was like that's that's gorgeous and I want that to happen to me um but yeah I say all this and yet I will not in real life 
go on theme park rides um where they like go upside down <laughs> so you know this is all theoretical I would I would be in line for the the juggler um and then I would like cry and, and have to hold people's bags um that's what would actually happen but I say I would go I would 100% go to Jurassic Park I stood behind that <laughs> Jurassic Park Westworld I can't even think of any other ones but I'm there I'm there for it um I also think that like the beginning of the movie like when we think about movies that are like start out with a bedtime story Mm -hmm. it's like this movie and then Princess Bride you know like (laughs) okay this one does it better and I, I don't know why but I was like always obsessed with like the way that Carla Giugino like said words like and they kept contact I don't yeah. know there's just like something about it well, um, I don't she's know also like watched, very like, young she's so young she was so young when she filmed this I, I like, she was, like always, 30 yeah she was so young um and they were making her look older you know with like mm-hmm. the short shorter mom hair and then they sex her up like pretty much immediately um but they were like trying to have them be like oh these are two retired spies which also what is the oss's like pension package because (laughs) they were like yeah we retired to have kids and that was like one of the the ways that i was like maybe they're not living in america because you're telling me that they retired neither of them had like actual jobs for like eight years while they had kids and they're living in luxury they were like freelance they, they were like contract yeah or, or yeah. yeah I guess they did say that they were like consultants yeah mm-hmm. I guess they did say that they they like I guess just gave like intelligence on the side <laughs> um but yeah I, I guess like uh, I don't know maybe they had like a pension package for the <laughs> for the for the on the field stuff and then they they had to downgrade to the to the desk job um which oh another thing I was obsessed with her eyeshadow keyboard like how did Carmen not play with that you know (laughs) she's like four years old she's like putting on her mom's lipstick and actually like releases national secrets to Russia or something and like how do they not notice that their house has like a cave that goes out like how do you (laughs) I just don't understand how they did not see like most of these things in their home or like they're like it's so weird that our parents make us do American Ninja Warrior every morning (laughs) no no that was like part of the president's challenge or whatever they were absolutely crushing that (laughs) in, in elementary school um but yeah it's just like I watch this film and every single instance I remember just like longing after as a kid. It's like, did you ever have those commercials for like stuff that you could never get, like toys? Like I always wanted, like the beaded, like sticky thing that you would put in your hair, like the the bedazzled stuff for your hair. And I always wanted like the slime that, um, or like the kinetic sand. I never got it. And I feel like this movie is one whole like childhood commercial that I longed after so much. <laughs> I thought you were talking about, I was like, when did they have a beaded hair thing? Or when did they have slime in the movie? Like, what did no. I miss? No, it's just like the nostalgia of those commercials that you would see every single day. And I watched this movie like, oh, I bet I watched it like once a month minimum. Um, now these are not like obtainable products that I could have, mm-hmm. but I thought that, you know, maybe, <laughs> maybe if well, I joined the CIA. <laughs> well, 
Well, speaking on like the gadgets themselves, why are so many bubblegum based? What else is bubblegum based? So we have the bubblegum, like electroshock gum mm-hmm. gumballs. And then in her little flashback, when she meets Gregorio, she like chews oh, yeah. gum and drops it and it becomes like the tracker. Like why are all of our, <laughs> why are all of our weapons so like gum based? I feel like Machete was like, he perfected one item <laughs> and then he was like, let me just make this the Swiss Army gumball. Um, what do you think have... the flavor was? Probably like bubble gum. Bubble gum and for like, the first if one. If you're but chewing it seems like the electroshock apple. gumballs, does it shock you? No, I think it's like once it makes contact with air for longer than okay. 15 seconds. So. You're, you like, can't chew with your mouth open. No, chew with your mouth closed. It was another also lesson. Also, te- teaches manners. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it said, don't you even think about chewing with your mouth open. Um, but yeah, it does take the thumb thumb like, I don't know, five seconds to get shocked. So that's my hypothesis here <laughs> for that fine machete product. Um, but yeah, the the initial, like, I mean, I was literally like four or five when this came out. And I remember being stumped at the fact that the mom and dad were the two spies in the, in the story. I remember being like, whoa. I was like, mom, dad, we need an explainer. I think like the first- The fact you know, that they show it visually wasn't <laughs> chip on. No, I was like, well, you know how sometimes like if you tell a bedtime story- it shows the actors acting out a fantastical story. So I was like, maybe it's that. Um, And then it was like, mom and dad are spies. And I was like, what a coincidence. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I was literally like four years old when I watched this for the first time. So don't put that, don't put that misunderstanding on me. That's Robert Rodriguez. Um, But you know, like bedtime stories kind of thing. Adam Sandler, like, you tell right. the stories so, when you're in them as like the knight in shining armor. Spy um, kid, princess bride, bedtime stories. Yeah. I don't think, I can't think of anyone else off the top of my head that tells stories to their kids, but. <laughs> no one else tells stories to their <laughs> in, kids. In, in movies, <laughs> like <laughs> as, as like iconically as these do. Mm-hmm. Um, But yeah, so again, I think this might be where my love of like emergency bags comes from um because they were like here's your go bag and then they were like okay and then the heart parachutes yeah that's and then cute. the helicopter and the priest i mean iconic. iconic i mean that was cinema that was cinema i, I like you were talking about last like a few episodes ago about like wes anderson and his style and how you want <laughs> all of like Wes Anderson's screenshots to go on your mm-hmm. wall. I want spy kids on my wall. <laughs> I want them jumping off into the honeymoon. Um, but yeah, I always remember being so upset that she karate chopped the swan ice's neck and then tried to put it back on. And I was like, that's not right. I was like, that's not how it goes. She couldn't at least try to like get out a blowtorch and like fuse those two together. Um, so that always pissed me off. Um, and then I guess like one more anecdote um, <laughs> from this one is that she like Carmen's like catchphrase for like swearing but not swearing is saying like oh shit talky mushrooms 
Mm-hmm. And that's like, I adopted that catchphrase and I say that quite frequently. It's in my Twitter Isn't bio. It? Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Yeah, I say it like all the time. And I said it all the time growing up. And then my roommate, who I've been friends with for like 15 years now, she <laughs> recently confided in me that she thought for years that I was saying, oh, shit, talking mushrooms. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, why would I be saying that? <laughs> um, <laughs> I can understand where the confusion came in, but I just I just love and adore that for all these years. She just thought that I was talking about some like backstabbing bitches of some fungus. <laughs> I was like, those, those are some shit talking mushrooms right there. Cannot be trusted. Um, yeah. It's all yeah. fun and games guy. Fun guy fun and game. games until it's not. I um, <laughs> but I feel like the shiitake mushrooms is like right up there to, I mean I'm comparing it to a lot of other films but the whole, the shiitake mushrooms right up there with the um I have a bad feeling about this in Star Wars yeah. iconic <laughs> how it's in every movie <laughs> well just a lot of things go wrong <laughs> um okay do we want to touch on the second movie for a little um, bit I just had maybe a few more things to say. Okay. Well, like, Steve... that is okay. Oh, about the first one? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yes. Carry on. I just, we never got an explanation on why Junie is so good at impressions. And if we're going to continue <laughs> some of the thought from last time, um, he should quit Spidem and take his performance to the Vegas trip. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, Junie, you do not need this life of danger, sweetie. <laughs> Hollywood is calling. Um, I feel like that was a trope for like mm-hmm. movies in the 2000s and stuff. Um, it's like always also, like the kind of weird guy that's good at impressions and like perfectly right? good at impressions. <laughs> I There are things like I always think about the movie when I'm ever heating anything in the microwave (laughs) that's always what I think about and I think about that like green goop soup that floop has at dinner all the time yes I don't know why um you know what's weird I think about um I I don't have too many food associations with that except for like the pig intestines and the way that they like wibble and woggle at machete's house um, but another movie that I do think of is Cadet Kelly. I think of her every time I eat ramen noodles because it's the scene where she's like eating noodles and then she finds out like devastating news that her stepdad is like in the military and they're gonna like ship her away from her bougie New York art school to like military boot camp and she's like eating the noodles and she like drops them out of her mouth. And so then anytime I eat ramen noodles, I reenact that scene in my head. And I'm like, we're going where? We're doing what? Um, and then I let a couple of ramen noodles fall out of my head. <laughs> you entertain yourself a lot when you're alone. When you're an only child. <laughs> when you're an only child. It's just, it's all the theater of it uh, by yourself. Uh, I will also say like, I don't know how these spies lasted for so long because even I know that you're not supposed to have the same password for multiple devices. And it seems everyone in the spy world (laughs) is using Carmen's full name, which teachers have access to on the attendant sheet. (laughs) (laughs) 
I know. Can you imagine like a substitute teacher like knocks on the the Cortez residence because they forgot their like book bag or something and they just get instant access. You know, how do you think like Junie feels? I feel like he already feels like kind of an outcast in his family. Mm-hmm. And then only Carmen's name gets used for the password. I know. Um, but I mean, that is what happens with the younger sibling. This is why I was like justice for younger sibling, even though Junie wasn't my favorite, but it's like, she was always blaming him for Mm -hmm. not hitting like the green button when that was like on her end. And like, I don't know. It's just, it really always bothered me. I was like, why is she messing with him? And can we talk about the, um, plot twist? This is the last thing I have to really say about the first one, Mm -hmm. but the plot twist that Carmen is the one that wears diapers. Yes. Life Iconic. Iconic. Also a bit concerning. Um, yeah. <laughs> at her age. Has she had change? Like, has she, did she pack extras for the trips or has she just been so. going on one? Because we've changed multiple <laughs> outfits. I think it was a nighttime situation, a bedtime mm. only kind of scenario. Um not to like shame Carmen or anything but there is like a pretty heavy association with serial killers that were like late age bedwetters um so if Carmen like had any tendencies of like torturing animals or like people around her went missing I'm just saying I think she killed people in the OSS and I think she may have done that even if she was not recruited (laughs) yeah no shame to our late stage bedwetters it's just a a weird known association amongst very famous serial killers. Um, I but- do like the idea that like she's at Machete's and she needs to ask for a diaper and he gives mm-hmm. her one, but it's a Machete product. Um, so like so, electrocutes and- her vagina. <laughs> yeah, one activated with pee. <laughs> <laughs> what a horrible invention. <laughs> Another um, fine machete product. There's this thing that pregnant women can get called lightning crotch. And that just, that takes a whole new name for it. Um, Interesting. All right. Well, if that was it with the first movie, just real quick to the second movie, which, what is it called? It's like Island of Secrets. It's Island it's of Something. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. Spy Kids 2. I, Island of Lost Dreams. Wow. How prophetic. Oh. Not prophetic. Well, a little. But that's oh. like so, like, I don't know. I, I I remember there being a big thing, but with like Spy Kids and Shark Boy and Lava Girl, mm-hmm. it had very similar vibes. I mm-hmm. I swear everyone thought that Shark, uh, Lava Girl was the same as Carmen. Yeah, yeah. But that sounds like something that shark boy and lava girl would be called is like the island of lost dreams because isn't that his like whole thing it is i see shark boy and lava girl was less less watched for me because to me i think it came after spy kids and to me it was like what is this like what is this sad attempt at (laughs) at a spinoff of of the original you know i was like this Mm -hmm. is this is disgusting um but yeah so I love there are just so many good bits in the in the second movie one of my favorite is the secret service dancing around the president's daughter they're like just doing the waltz all together while she dances in the middle um which is so funny and then I feel like we lost you know it it went down in my rankings from the number one spy kids movie to the second one 
because I was like, you know what? I actually think the plot is a little messy in this movie. Mm-hmm. Like the first first movie, I was like, that's clean. I can see the, everyone's motivations. I know who the evil people are. Like, it's- I think we shouldn't have saved Dawn again. That's what I'm saying. And then he reappears in the third movie, which is another gripe. Because I I didn't finish filming. Or Everyone's filming. your family. Um, that's, yeah. that's what you need to remember, Junie. Yeah. Everyone's your family. That is not true. Yeah, and he, Junie says, she says, everyone is your family. And then Junie says, that doesn't make any sense. And I'm like, you're right. And like, then in the end, everyone is their family by coming back. Even though, like, Uncle Felix is kind of a dick. Like, who yeah. says to, like, a child, I'm not your uncle? Like, mm-hmm. fuck off. Yeah, so I don't know. We lose the plot a little bit in this one. It's just like kind of confusing because I'm still confused about who the magnet head people are and mm-hmm. and why. So he has the, the transmooker device, which is something that um the the oh my god, what's Steve Buscemi's character's name? Um that the like island man has. Oh, Romero, yeah, Romero. Um it's like this prototype that he's invented and he doesn't even like give a shit about it because he's here he's here for the animals but he creates this like crazy like was here for the show yeah (laughs) here for the animals they all have just like crazy powers of like weapons of mass destruction it's absolutely laughable that the u.s government would not be like absolutely kidnapping them and forcing them to like an oppenheimer situation um to make these these weapons but we have these magnet head people totally unclear what they're doing here and then we have you know, like Donigan's plan is to send his kids there so that then he has an excuse to go to the island to steal the real transmooker. And it, it just doesn't make sense. So Spy Kids 2 was my favorite for like the aesthetics and for and again, the laugh. For for the aesthetics <laughs> and for the Yeah, and for the and for the the Gertie and Gary Giggles laugh. Um, and I love those characters too. And Emily Osmond as Gertie, her like pigtails. Oh, I should have done her. I could have dressed up as her. Damn it. Fuck. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, I was trying to stick to the first movie. Um, but yeah, so Spy Kids 2 is still iconic to me. But I think we start to see like the threads of Robert Rodriguez and the writer's ability to keep keep a steady plot and dialogue in check just like starting to unravel a little bit and then the third movie is where it just absolutely implodes um but the dragonfly ship i loved so much um for some reason i like really wanted to as a kid put on like the respirator breathing device in a dragonfly ship and like that just seemed extremely appealing to me okay here's the thing that i have noticed from all spy kids movies is they always wait until they're underwater to put their goggles on. <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> You're locking water. That's that defeats the purpose of the goggles. Well, you know what? For deep sea stuff, I think that professional divers do that as well because there's something about like the water pressure change that you actually need a little bit of water and like water in your goggles in order to like I don't know I saw a TikTok about like a deep sea someone that does the one where you're like going like that on the like string and like have you seen those where they're like you want a vine what are you doing yeah it's like Tarzan no you're underwater 
and they're they're doing the like free diving or whatever where they have like no respirator or anything and they're seeing how far down they can go on like with one breath so they like have this like rope thing that they're descending down um and she was talking about how she needs to have water in her goggles before she starts so maybe that is based like, on science i don't like water in my eyes <laughs> i have a big issue with that um i also was confused by like why minion is suddenly like a good guy like he was ready to like have literally absolute evil have this horrific plan they give him like four more heads and then it's like yeah he can actually just stay on as like production assistant (laughs) for for floop um so i love that oh and then another iconic moment from the second movie is um alexa penny vega's dance scene at the end of it it's Mm -hmm. kind of like a you know, after credits, during credits scene, which I was like, I don't remember why they did this. What, what did she have like a burgeoning singing <laughs> career? Like, cause that that happens, you know, where they're like, we got to get her in, get her singing in here. Um, she did. And it was know- like very iconic of like, it's okay. Like we have machete gear mm-hmm. that's like singing for you, and then it like wasn't working. Yeah, and I was like. <gasps> It was her. It was her. I know. I remember being gagged. I was like, I was like, that's insane. <laughs> Parents are spies. I was like, she's so talented. She was speaking in Spanish. Like it was, it was crazy. Um, but yeah. And then just real quick touching on the third movie. Um, you know, we said revolutionary concept, the 3D of it all. Amazing. Um, I love his like attempt to make this like a film noir-esque opening where Junie is a private detective um again left with no adult supervision even though he's only two years older than when we started Spy Kids so he's approximately like 10 years old um they're like where's your sister I don't know if she's a 12 year old missing an endangered child they're like where are your parents like I don't know like CPS actually should have been contacted at that point um but I just I remember hating that movie even aside from like it's a bad movie I hated the themes of like everything changes and the families are being split apart and I I don't know you could just so clearly tell that I I don't think they come back at the end I don't know if um if Antonio Banderas and um Carla Gugino is that how you say her last name Carla Gugino Gugino um I don't think they come back in that movie at all. I don't know if they do, if they make an appearance at the end. Yes, they do. Do they? Yeah, because remember, that's the big grandfather mm-hmm. one. And yeah. they go with grandpa and gram- grandma and they put grandpa in a suit mm-hmm. and he can walk again. And so then when all of the family comes back together and it's everyone's your family, Judy, they're there. And then it's the big grandfather you <laughs> I, I could not take that seriously the grandfather been like it's okay mr game maker i know you didn't mean to get rid of my legs or something <laughs> like that was why was that so hardcore and the actor himself like actually could not walk oh, and really? so i'm like that's he, such a weird move he played um con in uh in the star trek series mm-hmm. he was con i think his wife was also like the executive producer of this um of the second nepo. One. <laughs> yeah a little nepo um anyways you could just tell that it was like everyone for this third movie 
except for Daryl Sabara had like limited contracts. They were like, I guess yeah. we'll do it, but I am going to have five minutes or less of screen time. Herman was very short. I think the yeah. parents and the grandparents were like in it a little bit more. Definitely the grandfather was in it a lot. And that makes mm-hmm. sense that he was, he was Nepo. <laughs> like, I think he was being forced to be in it because yeah. all of the other actors, it seemed like their agents like got them out of it. Like, I think they probably had signed up for like a three movie deal. And then they read the script for the third movie and they like lawyered the fuck up to only appear in like 12 minutes total. Of screen but time. then, like, um, what's his name? Lord of the Rings guy. Yeah, they got Elijah him Wood. In. Elijah they Wood. got him in. <laughs> that was a sad day for Elijah Wood. <laughs> he went from the peak of his career, Lord of the Rings, 2001, 2002, and then this was released in 2003. Um, probably he was the guy. He was the guy the same year that Lord of the Rings Return of the King <laughs> came out. So those were two drastic performances for Mr. Elijah Wood um but yeah so those are all my thoughts on that um I do think oh back to the second one real quick Steve Buscemi we touched on it earlier he says do you think God stays in heaven because he too lives in fear of what he's created (laughs) which has become like a memed image um on social media but it is just like a very profound movie and as an animal lover I also was dying to have miniature animals which you know I've touched on it before I'm also the kind of person where I watch those videos where it's like watch this lion be reunited with the couple that raised her for the first 10 years of her life and I'm like please god (laughs) I'm like let that happen to me like let me have an elephant an alligator like anything that I should not have in my possession in some sort of weird like this is okay she's being like she's fostering it until it can go into the wild situation so if I could have miniature lions like I think that would just like scratch an itch that I would otherwise have to do illegal things (laughs) to accomplish but let's move into our remake shall we okay um okay I can go first um so we mentioned briefly that you know the thumb thumbs is very akin the thumb thumbs and the fuglies is very akin to you know sag and um the the wga um i think they could go on a writer strike because <laughs> honestly writers and actors strike because honestly there are some unsafe working conditions there and I think they are not being compensated fairly or at all for their work. Um, and I know the Fuglies are being held hostage, um, literally, and they are there against their will. So they may as well get paid for time on screen. <laughs> um, Brooke, um, I just wanted to say, ask and at you for saying that. <laughs> I, I stand in solidarity <laughs> with the Fuglies and the Thumb Thumbs. Um so that that's an option. And then, you know, if if we imagine a world in which that happened, I think Floop is reassessing his priorities much more quickly. I, I mm-hmm. think he like that's a wake up call to him even before, you know, Minion tries to take over the world. <clears throat> I think that's his first wake up call. And I think he gets his shit together and he says, no, I, I have to fire Minion. I have to fire my production assistant. <laughs> and, and that's where he reassesses what his vision is for the show because he knows that something is missing all along. Mm-hmm. He says something is missing. I can feel it. I can feel it. Okay, but like he never did like genre analysis, like Sesame Street, 
cracked the code years ago. Like <laughs> a lot of a lot of the kid shows have kids on it. Like that wasn't like a that wasn't revolutionary. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but it, you know, Flip, he's he's trying his best. But I think you know the the thumb thumbs and the fooglies they strike. He has to like he's sit never there seen in I don't know in this world if other kids shows exist. <laughs> he, he may be an entrepreneur in his own right, just going out on this endeavor all alone. Loops Fooglies has a monopoly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's why I think they're not based in America. I think this is, um, well, I think they're on some remote island um, po- projecting in. Um, but another one is, you know how like Uncle Felix rips off his mustache and that's why that's are the so reveal. many disguises like hair based they're, they're based very solely on like a thin strip not even like a full bush like beard it's just like a tiny little thing um but i love that you know he rips that off and that's like that's the first clue to the kids something's wrong he rips that off oh that's not my uncle that's not the uncle i know my uncle has a mustache <laughs> um but i think that he should also reveal that he's wearing a bald cap at the same time um because he is also bald so it's like mustache the hair on there comes off to reveal that he then is also wearing a bald cap and has a full luscious head of hair like a like a mohawk a mullet <laughs> something like that um so it's I, like misplaced hair situation i like the idea that come no shave november no one knows who the hell everyone yeah. is <laughs> They like they they walk in and Gregorio's like, "Hey, wife and kids," and they're like, "Who the fuck is this?" <laughs> they're like he's in he's in spy mode twenty four seven. They're like, "Dad, don't bring your work home. <laughs> Come on, go in the bathroom. Gillette's in there with you." Um, but yeah, so I like that. Um, another big you know another big vision here of reimagining Spy Kids. We touched on it before, but Daryl Sabara has a very famous wife, Megan Trainer. They're all on TikTok. Um, they're they're prolific on social media. So I say, why not have Megan Trainer in in Spy Kids Five? I think that's a very natural move, and I honestly will be shocked if she's not in it. If we can't get her to act in it, she at least has to be the soundtrack. Like, mm-hmm. what what else could there be? There's no other logical step than she is singing floops fooglies <laughs> and she's like dancing around in her all about that bass outfit and that's what i was imagining i was like hello kids it's all about that bass that would be perfect for a kid's show though she's already kind of in the all about the bass music video she's already kind of dressed up like a like a kids tv show character would be um but i i envision floop using her as well um to really up up the vocals of of his show because you know it is like a musical theatrical performance but you know she's just singing like uh, well you <laughs> dream my dream i can't come up with the all about the bass beat but um i'm all about that dream about that dream no thumb thumbs i'm all about that dream about that dream incredible um so yeah i think we had her and then just to wrap it up here um you know spy kids i feel like it's very easy to to play off that title um so i think we have spy kids don't change anything about it but the kids is referring to the fact that they are 
um, baby goats. So <laughs> we just have, <laughs> um, it, it's more of a, you know, leaning into that uh, Spy Kids 2 animal aspect. And we just have a bunch of baby goats running around. Romero has a farm in like the Pennsylvania countryside. Um, and we have, you know, giant versions of of little goats and and small miniature versions of the little kids. Um, so spy kids. And then if we just have um high kids, uh H-I, you know, G H, and that's actually just euphoria. Um, <laughs> so we have that. And then we have a spinoff called Why, comma, kids question mark, why kids? Um, and that's actually just an exploration on whether or not um like octo mom made a mistake having having that well, many kids um, there was also so much of like the parents where it was like i hate my life since i've retired from spying i was like you hate your kids when she's like they were better off and she was like you didn't say they lived happily ever after like what kind of parent is yeah. like fuck you she was like i'm realistic bitch she was like i'm changing your fucking diaper <laughs> every night and I'm sitting here clicking on my eyeshadow keyboard. Um, she was realistic. So having kids is a major decision. And I think you're either 100% in or you're 100% out. Um, and that's what that spinoff would explore. Um, so yeah, those are mine. What about your remakes, Maria? Um, so I liked the fact that Floop, you know, he's aware that, you know, world domination or whatever will get him something but he's also aware more of like what product sales and like toy Mm -hmm. sales will Mm -hmm. do for him um that he's like I could go a different direction um so I wanted to kind of see more of that world and like when you think of other shows like Sesame Street or something like that um the characters go on like talk shows they do like the um what is it called the the thing where they're like giving given a word and they have to sing a song with that mm-hmm. word um I want to see that with floops fooglies mm-hmm. I want to see I want to see them host SNL um <laughs> I just want to see like the ads I want to see the promotion aspect I want to see their Super Bowl ad. yeah I was gonna <laughs> say their Super Bowl commercial <laughs> Um, and it's just going to be a collection of all their, their, their media work. Um, the social media intern. <laughs> yeah. And like, like one of the Fuglies comes on like good morning America. And they're like, this is how you make spaghetti or something. Or like, this is how you make the green soup. Um, Top for those at home. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just, I, I, I like the idea of, you know, I don't know. I want to see, I want to see their TikTok account. I want to see, <laughs> I want to see everything. Um, but also continuing on that idea, I think it, the movie uh, it captures something very key about children's shows, which is they're scary usually <laughs> and like kind of nightmare inducing and they don't always speak human language um so I think we replace the Fuglies with the actual Teletubbies um (laughs) and it's a deep like investigative dive about how the Teletubbies are being held against their will um and because I remember I was a big Teletubbies fan and my parents made me stop because they thought I wasn't going to learn English um (laughs) but I think (laughs) like it's kind of like the 
rolling back the Beatles album and it says like all is dead um we actually roll back all of the Teletubbies speech and they're actually saying uh help us (laughs) help us it's a trap (laughs) yeah Bloop is a madman help Help us us, save us (laughs) um so I think we actually draw from like actual reality of the Teletubbies um because I definitely feel like there's something there Mm -hmm. um the baby son something there's something there you know yeah there's there's baby something son has going a gun on. to its head <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so um it's very possible that they could be secret agents um in disguise and i don't think we're talking about it enough as society um and then my last one is that we do spy kids um but it's rated r so um, we could do go a bunch of different directions with this. So instead of the thumb thumbs, um, Flo- Floop is a little bit more sassy with it. So they're all <laughs> middle fingers. <laughs> and How like, could you even tell? <laughs> like they're just, you just call them mid, mid, <laughs> middle fingies. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, I guess mid, mid. um and um we actually say like holy shit we just like we just go all the way with it um and it's like we actually have intense battles and people die (laughs) there are stakes (laughs) there are consequences (laughs) yeah you know I was thinking of that as a potential remake too but I didn't want to go too dark like if the U.S. government were using children it it would be like a infiltrate and bomb with drones kind of a situation. <laughs> it would be a thing where like people are talking about seeing it on Twitter and they're like minute 23 10 is so gruesome. That's when you need to go to the bathroom during Spy Kids. <laughs> <laughs> they're like, I can't. This is this is just a slasher film. It's like a yeah. kill bill kind of a situation. Oh my gosh. But I feel like kids bop should do the music just for <laughs> just for contrast. Oh my god. Oh, did you listen to kids bop? I had like all the kids bop I did CDs. Not. I like up I until, was cultured. So I think the 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 Hey Soul Sister Kids Bop soundtrack is still the only one that I know. I do not know the actual recording, but I think it's like train or something but we were so old at the point where that came out <laughs> i know like the original Aria. song <laughs> i know somehow the kids bop version is the one that i downloaded on my ipod like, i nano. think i was driving no i think it was on my ipod nano i think i was like 12 okay 12. maybe i wasn't driving but i remember but listening to it so sister ain't that mr mr that's how it sounds well that sounds like the normal one what what did they what did they change (laughs) nothing it was just like 12 preteens that took turns um but so talking about um uh who's your daddy just really quick um we've already talked about carla gugino's nepo stuff before how her aunt was like a big um model and like she was like the prices i think maybe prices right i don't know one of those um shows where she was like this is the object that you can win. Um, she was that. Um, she was like, I, I was recently watching an old episode of Full House where they actually like mentioned, like, they're like, oh, 
Carol Merrill or something. You're another Carol Merrill. So like she was like a household name, Mm -hmm. like genuinely because it's in Full House. So (laughs) citing my sources. And then um, Alexa Vega, her father is a Colombian fashion photographer and her mother is a formal former model. So, okay. Yeah. All right. Well, let's jump into what we've been watching. I actually wrote it down this week. (laughs) Remember that we do this. Yep. I have been watching um, Van Helsing. Have you seen that? I think it's like 2004. Oh, I would so recommend it. It's like very campy. Is it like Van Halen? No, (laughs) it's like Van Helsing is like um it's a it's a spooky perfect for halloween october um time that's coming up and it's very campy early 2000s um it's uh what's his name the guy that plays um wolverine (laughs) who plays wolverine uh hugh jackman Yes, I was. I wanted to say Hugh Grant. I was like Hugh something. It's uh, a young Hugh Jackman looking very hot, and like I feel like I've only known Hugh Jackman in the last like decade, and he's stayed looking pretty much the same the last decade. This is like twenty years ago. He looks so different. He looks so hot. Um, he plays this like vampire hunter. Um, and there are vampires. It's Dracula. Try- it's basically Dracula, like trying to conceive with his wife, um, with his wives. And the the design of all the different creatures is really cool. There's like a, a weirdly like intricate message about Frankenstein and like what it is to be human and what it is to be like an outcast and hunted for who you are. Um, but it's like <clears throat> very campy. Um, but like very good. I would definitely recommend it. And then curiously enough, we watched The Mummy um with with your guy, Brendan Fraser. Fraser. Rhymes with Fraser. Fraser. Yes. Yeah. Brendan <laughs> Brendan Fraser. Um, which is the same director who did Van Helsing and then did The Mummy. Oh, so I thought you were saying of Spy Kids. <laughs> no, um, but I thought that was funny. Uh, Mummy, of course, amazing film. Um, and then I watched, these were all with my friend out in Connecticut who I just visited last week. Michaela, friend of the pod, has been on before for a Stranger Things episode. Um, I had never heard of Big Mouth, which is like Nick Kroll, John Mulaney. I'd never heard of it. Did not know that that existed. Um, it's been around for like five, six years now. I think like started in 2018 or 19. Um, very You'd only funny. heard the kids Bob version. <laughs> I only heard the kids Bob version of Big Mouth, which absolutely would not exist. Everything would be censored. Um, it would just be like the period pamphlet that your <laughs> that your uh like health class hands you and eighth grade um but that was really funny I really enjoyed that I think we watched maybe like 10 episodes um and I got a lot of laughs out of that um we watched Pride and Prejudice which Michaela was not a fan of she hated it she's she rated it like a two out of five um so I ended that friendship promptly fled Connecticut as any... enemy of the pod Michaela <laughs> yeah I, I was setting her up to be a friend so I could take her down in this <laughs> next segment um but yeah she did not like it but then we realized that she just maybe doesn't like slow burn romances and then I was like okay well like what's some examples of your favorite like romance movies and she was like oh like me before you is one of my favorite and I was like 
okay i was like but the guy dies of doctor assisted suicide at the end and she was like yeah it's so beautiful and i was like okay who am i to judge you know we you know she likes dead men i like uh men in period what if mr darcy died at the end (laughs) i was like would that be five out of five (laughs) well well yeah because then i'm like okay she just has a type which is the men being dead because i was like okay can you give me another example and she was like oh you know um the fault in our stars that's another one I love and I was like okay (laughs) I was like I'm seeing a pattern here Michaela (laughs) I'm like I'm picking up what you're putting down and I think you just don't want the men to survive the film and she was like you know what I might have a problem (laughs) um there's like one more that she said too where the man dies and I was like (laughs) girl oh I think it was get um, that money though I think it was like uh Oh crap, I can't remember what other one she said, but it was another one where the guy dies. Um, and then my roommate and I just went to see the nun too, um, in theaters on uh last week on Friday. That was really good. Um, I liked it. It was it's um gooey. A remake of Sound of Music, if I recall. Yeah, yep. <laughs> they got Julie Andrews back in, actually. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she plays her same character. <laughs> Um, no, it's a, a spooky movie um, with the same girl that's in like a lot of the American horror stories. Um, I don't know the actress's name, but she plays the one with like Evan Peters in the first um, season of American Horror Story. And then she's like a series regular. Um, but yeah, I really liked that one. What have you been watching? Um, I rewatched Sleepless in Seattle. Mm. Classic. Um, kind of creepy if you think about it. <laughs> Like she listens to someone on the radio and then she decides to stalk him. But <laughs> it's like okay because it's Meg Ryan, I guess. Mm-hmm. And like her whole thing is great. But I don't know. I don't know. And I, I'm like trying to figure out you've seen Sleepless in Seattle, right? Yeah, but I saw it for the first time like a year ago. Okay. But like I'm trying to think like, do they I don't know if they make it at the end. Like they live in completely different locations. Like, they don't really know anything about each other except, like, they like the way that they look. So I'm like, <laughs> do we think this this relationship lasted? And he's still clearly, like, in love with his wife. Mm-hmm. Um, So I don't know. I don't know. That's something to think about <laughs> if love exists. Um, but um bill pullman is in it um who was an adjunct professor so we love solidarity um (laughs) ross mallinger who plays the kid um he was a son of film producers um but now he works at car dealerships in la and um we love it um and rob reiner i didn't realize that like his parents were estel reiner who was an actress and carl reiner and carl reiner was like a big comedian that mm-hmm. started the Dick Van Dyke show. And so Rob Reiner grew up in the house that the Dick Van Dyke show is set in and stuff. Mm-hmm. So so there's just like a lot. Um and then I also rewatched Black Widow, which is one of my favorite Marvel movies. Again, I've never big, seen it. Again, a, <laughs> a a movie that's kind of about like secret agents and like sibling dynamics. So um probably a remake of spy kids if you think about it too hard (laughs) um but that one is really good um I love like basically like all of the characters 
they like put together a fake family essentially um and the dad in that movie played by um david harbour is just like my dad and Mm -hmm. the mom played by rachel weiss is just like my mom and um scarlett johansson is the older sister that's just like my sister and i'm just like um <laughs> who's the Lawrence Pugh. oh okay Lawrence Pugh. Pugh. so it's perfect for <laughs> us um so love that um and then i watched love again which is the like rom-com it's like a rom-com i think it's on netflix right now with sam hugan and priyanka chopra where she like I don't know the beginning is wild like she like watches her almost fiance like get hit by a car in like the first five minutes oh my gosh. Um, it's like brutal and then she's like texting his number for like closure and it happens to be like Sam Hugan's number he doesn't play himself but um <laughs> and so it's like he falls in love with her without knowing who she is and then like Celine Dion playing Celine Dion becomes like their matchmaker mm-hmm. for some random reason. Um, and Celine Dion like speaks about her real grief over like her husband who died. And Jeez. I'm like, is this scripted or is oh. it like I don't know? It was like very odd, and it was basically like a Celine Dion ad. <laughs> um, but um and it's also weird that like the beginning the beginning starts out with like this major car accident because like apparently Celine Dion was hit by a car as a child and like was hospitalized for like a very long time. Mm-hmm. Um, but something about Sam Hugan that I think you will like, and I wrote down specifically for you, Brock, uh-huh. um, is that his parents had been part of a hippie community in London called Gandalf's Garden. Um, which was heavily influenced by the works of J.R.R. Tolkien. Um, and Sam Hugan is named after Sam Wise. Oh my yeah. gosh. I love yeah. that. Um, and then I also started watching Who is Aaron Carter on Netflix, um, which is like a series about a woman who like escaped a bad past and then she saves her daughter and suddenly she has all this media attention and all Mm -hmm. of her past comes coming back it's really very similar to pieces of her and I'm not sure which one came first but they're essentially the same exact show um but it's fine so far um and then I watched choose love like three times um which is Netflix's interactive rom-com okay um and so basically like it stars Laura Morano, and oh. you get to choose like which guy she ends up with. You said you made a fatal error surrounding beads, which I didn't know what the context was. I what? You said you like made a fatal error because you like selected beads or something. I don't remember that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, but basically, like you get to like. I mean, you don't get to control everything, but, like, you'll, like, have, like, a tarot card reading and you're, like, good news or bad news. And she'll give you, like, hints going forward and, like, somebody will, like, ask you out for lunch and you get to say, like, yes or no or, like, you get to choose. (laughs) He said this was just a couple days ago, Friday at 5.29 p.m. 
wait, I have not heard about that Netflix rom-com thing. And then you said, yes, ma'am, you choose your own adventure in it. I think I chose wrong over beads. (laughs) No, that was to another text. (laughs) My family and I were fighting over beads. Oh my gosh. I feel like this happens frequently because we're both texting at the same time and we have multiple parts. We need to start using the reply feature more. (laughs) That's true. Yeah. But this... This movie, yeah, you get to, like, make little decisions and, like, decide if you cheat on people and, like, if you explore her singing career. Those character is, like, always a budding singer. Um, like, an option of three men. Um, the Jack, who, like, she went to high school with and made her become a vegetarian. And um, Rex, who is played by the the boyfriend from Victorious, you know, like Bex or whatever. Mm-hmm. Or Beck. I think that's his name. Beck. Um, and he's like a rock star. Mm-hmm. And then Paul, who is her three-year-long boyfriend that suddenly we can destroy her entire life. Oh my God. Have her leave him. Um, so I did that alone once. And then I watched it with my family and had my dad control <laughs> the choices um, and my family really liked it. And I think it's best when you do it with other people and you shout at the whoever has the remote to make <laughs> certain choices. Um, like we made Beck do ballet for a truth or dare. Um, and it felt very powerful. Um, but like apparently there are like 16 endings. So oh. you could really take a lot of time doing it. Um so it's not like the best um, story or the best acting or the best writing, but it's for the experience. It's fun. Okay. <laughs> like it's not really great. but All right. Well, does that about wrap it up for us? Yes, ma'am. All right. Mission accomplished. Where can they find us they can on find assignment? Us- <laughs> oh, <laughs> Um, at remake hot take on all accounts. Please don't yell at us on TikTok. Um, I'm fragile. <laughs> Maria is ex- very fragile. <laughs> Just know that she takes everything deeply personally. Yeah. Um, I get upset as well. Um, but I have just moved into the frame of mind that we get more views every time one of you people gets very pissed off <laughs> about mm. what two strangers on the internet have to say on a podcast. So, um, And you can find me at Maria Schwarz on all social media. Um, Brooke, would you like them to send you hate directly um, instead yeah. of on the podcast account so I don't have to see it? We've made this call to people before. <laughs> we have asked them <laughs> to reach out specifically to me. Um, but yes, yeah, so you can direct any and all hate towards me um, at, uh, at at my social medias, which I'm not going to list now. <laughs> no. I'm, I'm B underscore Reese Cup on Instagram. Um, and you can message me mean stuff on there. But wow, I'm just going to congratulate you if you go all the way to like looking at the TikTok and then uh, looking at our YouTube and then scrolling all the way to the end. <laughs> Or I've had that happen. Oh my god. I've had direct messages on my Twitter. Wow. Well, you know, I'm a psychology major. I think we would turn it into a lesson about what that person <laughs> has going on in their life. So please feel free to direct hate towards me. 
Um, I'll probably talk about your relationship with your mother <laughs> um, and it'll be great. Um, but yeah, B underscore Reese cup. Um, I do have my own TikTok. I don't think you can message me on there directly though. If I, we're noticed not friends. That, I noticed that you have a lot of likes on your one video and a lot of it's, favorites. No, you know what it is. So I have one single video on my TikTok of my bunnies. It is all AI sex robots. That, like <laughs> to the point where I'm like what am I subjecting my children to <laughs> like it is let me pull it up like I can you turn off notifications for a single post it's the only post that I have it has like 150 likes and 46 views which is like oh you know something's fucked up then um let me see let me see the names of these people that are liking it all of them you click on them and they say sex videos here Honey, I'm lonely. Can you accompany me? Uh, dear, I'm very, very lonely waiting for you. So yeah. That's be- so because they want a pet bunny. They're thinking you... about getting a pet because they're lonely and they need a friend. No, <laughs> it's they're not part of the bunny community. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's it's whack. Um but yeah, that about does it for us. Agent Reese signing off. For duty civilian mario <laughs> <laughs> you're not a spy in this scenario you're one of the kids at the school <laughs> you're the one that's like pointing up to the thing and it's like there's a rocket ship <laughs> all of them uh, my one line is you're so right carmen <laughs> you're so right carmen <laughs> your junie does suck <laughs> you're you are a great older sister <laughs> and i'm i'm in the field <laughs> i am <laughs> I am, I am like Machete's intern. <laughs> I'm like in the back. Okay, that was the other thing. Just really quick, that was the thing that really bugged me. Is that they show up at Machete's spy gadget store, and she's like, "You must be a spy, right? You're in the directory, as no one knows what your occupation is." He has a store. <laughs> Machete's a small <laughs> business owner. <laughs> What do you mean you don't know his occupation? He's a small business owner. He has an LLC. It's very clear. Oh, another thing I like, they're like, how do we get to this remote Floops Island? And he's like, well, let me show you the plane. And then they go on the plane and he's like, how could they get on the plane? I'm like, dude, think like more than one step ahead here about the possible He's never had kids. Yeah, I guess he was like, they wouldn't dare. They're only <laughs> seven and nine years old. And it's like, oh, well, he clearly has not been around as, a, as an uncle figure in their life. Well, he's like, I just gave Carmen a diaper. What are they going to do? <laughs> he's like, my expectations are low. You should never undermine someone with a diaper on. They have nowhere to be. <laughs> they don't have to take bathroom breaks. They are right there learning a manual. But I feel um, like if she went underwater, I feel like that would affect the absorbency. But I don't, you know, it's not, it's not my movie. True. True. <sighs> All right. That about does it. Bye.